Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. The chief executive officer of Renault, he is Luca Demeo, who joins us from near Paris. Thank you, Mr. Demeo, for joining us. You say you have a solid margin. Again, we have seen concerns about demand for electric car vehicles actually slowing. How much do you expect that to slow down by? Uh, look, I think that uh, if you look at the thing long term, uh, EV will be a dominant technology in Europe. Uh, also because of regulation, especially cafe regulation that people tend to, you know, forget, where you need to achieve uh, a very low level of uh, average fleet consumption. So uh, we might have uh, some bumps uh, on the roads, as we are experiencing right now, but long term, uh, this will fly. That's, uh, that's for sure. We think 2024 is probably a bit tricky year, uh, but uh, 2025, you will see again the thing picking up because everybody will have to match mm-hmm. uh, the targets in 2025. So that's my view of the thing. We shouldn't doubt about the mm-hmm. fact that uh, EV will be a dominant technology in Europe. Maybe not the only one, okay, but uh, it will be very, very strong, I think. But is there anything actually that would help move the needle to try and reignite demand in the shorter term? Uh, look, I think it depends on the... I think one of the things we are doing this year is that we're introducing new cars. Normally, product offer always helps, especially because we are bringing a small car next-generation EV platform. So these are cars that are much more affordable uh, than what we've seen so far. So normally, it should boost volume, in, at least in our case. So we think we're going to be, even in complicated times, uh, rel- relatively anti-cyclical from... On this respect, so and then we will have to see how you know different governments are subsidizing. We see, for example, Germany that uh, pulled off the thing, but on the other side, other countries are like Italy or France are investing into the thing. So all in all, uh, we I believe that we will continue to to grow. In fact, in a few years, we went from zero to 16% of uh, EV mix uh, in Europe. No technology has done that before in the history of automotive so fast. So we shouldn't only look at the outside of the, or, you know, the dark side <laughs> of the thing. Yeah, t- talking about the half side. So you abandoned the IPO of your EV unit, Ampere. Do you think that this could again, once again, be IPO'd? Or would you change your mind in the next two years? <clears throat> uh, look, right now we are focusing on trying to make sure that the, everything we promised on the capital market day in November, 
would be delivered, right? So cost reduction, massive cost reduction, very efficient manufacturing operation, launching the products that we want to launch six or seven cars for Ampere. So I think that's the, the fact that we're not busy with the IPO preparation is actually giving us a little bit more time to focus on the job that has to be done. So we're pretty cool and relaxed. At the end of the day, uh, you've seen the results that Renault has, uh, you know, has delivered. So we have all the money we need to finance, uh, you know, the Ampere, the Ampere ramp up. So we are okay. I think the, the, we made a decision because the mood is not the right one at this moment in the markets. And I think it's, uh, you know, very wise, cool-headed decision. And let's see what happens. The most important thing is that we can bring, uh, you know, profitable and good cars for the customers. And we will. When are you planning? And you will. When are, when are you planning to sell the next tranche of Nissan shares? Does that need to be sooner because you're not IPOing Ampere? No, 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 no. I think uh, it's, it's, it's uh, I mean, the process started like uh, we already sold 5% last year and then we will look at the right moment, the right condition. We tried to do it in a coordinated way with our friends and colleagues from uh, from Nissan. So the process, I cannot fix a date right now, but uh, yeah, I can only confirm that, uh, you know, gradually we will, uh, you know, go down into the thing as we promised and we did it already yeah. uh, so it shows that we are serious about monetizing that uh, that uh, you know those uh, those shares but we can expect something in the next couple of quarters without having a specific date can you give us more more idea of how you think about the timeline yeah i mean uh, it's a kind of a sensitive information because then it gets into you know things that we have to share with auditors, et cetera, et cetera. So leave, leave us, uh, you know, the freedom to decide when okay. to do it based on the conditions. So, but the process started, you know, we proved last year and, and for sure there will be something, you know, uh, coming up relatively soon about, on that. But uh, we have to coordinate with them also. Uh, your ambition is to create an Airbus of autos. Can you update us on speaking to some of your competitors to actually share this platform? Is Volkswagen on board? And look, the you, we have. Uh, I think I'm, I've always done the small cars. No, I like small cars. I, of course, I like also big cars and and then sports cars and all kind of them. But uh, I think that we've been a little, a little bit like under, you know, under under investing in Europe for a number of reasons on uh, cars that are compact that can be very useful in uh, you know urban environment. So the market on the what we call technically the A segment was divided by three in the last 15 years. I think uh, uh, you know there's no secret if you want to lower the the impact of automotive you need to also use small cars, especially in dense urban environments. So what we are trying to do is to bring, uh, you know, technology, a platform and the, and the concept of a project mm -hmm. where we can sell a car for below 20,000 euro, an EV car for 20,000 mm -hmm. euro and less and make money. And there are no many initiatives like this. So this thing becomes interesting to other uh, competitors that might want to jump on the opportunity and we are giving that uh, to to others so we're discussing uh, you know left and right i cannot confirm you any you know rumor on the thing but we are very open to share uh, you know that kind of uh, investment because it's very difficult to make money with uh, with small cars mm -hmm. and we're trying to find a way uh, because it's good for the environment the and it's good for the um, the chief executive of Stellantis also told Bloomberg that actually he's looking at pursuing possible M&A, possible consolidation with friendly automakers. Do, do you foresee a future where this would make sense, uh, a merger between Renault and Stellantis? 
Uh, look, I think uh, I think that uh, we are focused on other things. We're trying to. I mean, I don't think that it is. Um, if you want uh, only one receipt for success, I mean, uh, it could be consolidation. It could be as we are trying to do to invest in innovation, to define and to develop uh, a company that is more agile, more oriented to innovation, more sticking to you know the value chains that might grow into the future. That has been our strategy so far, and it, it proves to work, <laughs> right? So. So I'm focusing on trying to, you know, move uh, Renault into the future and make sure that Renault will yeah. more and more depend from businesses that are new businesses uh, mm -hmm. that have growth and, uh, you know, structural double-digit profitability. And as I said, so far, yeah. uh, so good. And that's uh, that's what we're interested in. It doesn't mean that consolidation in general could not be one way uh, for OEMs to you know, to compete. For example, we did it uh, in the case of horse together with Gili on the uh, ice, uh, let's say, technology. So in the yeah. combustion engine technology, because this is a mature technology. So it makes sense to put things together, to put efforts and assets together yeah. to find activity. And, uh, and but on innovative things, uh, I mean, but Mr. Demeo, your and focus. Yeah, you're considered one of you know the most able managers to turn companies around. But if there's a consolidation phase, and Renault is not part of it, what what happens to the company in ten years? I mean, do you need to get bigger? Do you need to merge if competitors are merging? But look, we are making much more money uh, selling much less cars than used before. So it doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that being bigger makes you you know stronger. This is what I think, right? Of course, size uh, in a very capital-intensive uh, sector like uh, automotive is a necessary condition, but I'm not sure it's the you know sufficient right now in a time where volatility is dominating uh, you know demands and where technology is very evolutionary. So I think that you also need that, right? And I've been heard hearing and practicing that kind of mantra that uh, consolidation would be the ultimate solution for everything for 30 years. So I'm 30 years into this sector, <laughs> uh, you know, and in fact, what you see, everybody was saying 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there would be only three groups, five groups surviving in the world. Yeah. And then in the meantime, you have 150 companies that emerge in China. So when you look at the list yeah. of companies operating in the sector, it's actually much longer than it used to be. So who is right? Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 